This is Grow With The Bros, hosted by Ryan and Ken Parsons, founders of the Brothers That Just Do Gutters. Welcome to another episode of Bro Brainstorm. We've made every mistake in the book so you don't have to. Our time to evolve as business owners is now. Let's grow together. All right, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the number one thing that's killing our business, and that is excuses. A good indicator that you may be making excuses is if you're not where you want to be. So, Ken, we got a whole list that we came up with. You want to read those to us? Maybe later when I have more time. We've all heard that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do that. I can't find good workers. Um, I'd rather stay small and take it all. Uh, I can only do that job. Uh, I don't have the money. Um, so, you know, and there's tons of other ones that we could, could talk about for sure. But those are some of the most common ones. Yeah, the one that like jumps off the page to me is the, I'd rather stay small. Um, where do you feel like that comes from? Why, why would somebody, why do you think somebody would say that? Uh, because they've already tried to grow and they failed at growing. And that's the reason why they say that is when somebody tries to grow and, and break out of that self-employed uh, mentality and get more people, uh, scaling it to a certain point uh, is very difficult uh, because one, they may not have the right systems in place. They might not even have uh, roles and job descriptions for the people that they are trying to get in there to grow their business and scale it up. Uh, training, uh, not able to recruit the right people uh, with the right um, skill set for what they need. Um, you know, there's so many different things that we could talk about that keep people in that mentality of wanting to stay small and, and take it all because, you know, I tried to grow and it just, you know, there's a lot of obstacles that blow up in people's faces when mm -hmm. they try to grow, uh, especially if they don't have somebody to coach them through it. And, uh, it, yeah, and that's, and that's really what it takes. You know, if you've never done it before and you try and do it yourself, which me and you did, <laughs> uh, for the most part of our career, uh, it's a lot of failing forward and it's really not for the faint of heart. It's, you need a strong stomach, uh, to go down that path. And that's why franchising is so awesome. Yeah. So, um, you know, Ken and I, we have a lot of, uh, um, I would say friends, we have, um, acquaintances and people that we meet throughout a year going to events and everything. And I'd say once a week or so we get somebody that reaches out and says, Hey man, I'd love to pick your brain on something right? We get people that want advice and they might be a franchisee or, you know, they might own a landscaping or plumbing business or excavation business. Um, and, you know, we love it. That's, I think, one of the things that you and I both like to do is, is mentor and coach. Um, have you ever noticed, though, that on some of these, not all of them, that people seek us out because they saw, wow, you were able to scale your business or you've got many trucks, you're doing good in marketing, whatever it is, and they see and they want to pick our brain. Have you noticed that a lot of times when we tell them what we did or how to do it, that the first thing out of their mouth is something like, well, yeah, but. Yeah. Yeah. But is just another uh, beginning to an excuse of why you can't and why somebody else can. But the bottom line is, is if another man can do it, so can I. Uh, it's, there's no like secret, secret or, uh, 
you know, special magic formula to, to, to growing. You know, there's many people out there that we can look at to, for examples of how they grew their business. And when it comes down to it, business, business is business. It's not because it's the gutter business or the landscaping business or a food or business or whatever. It really comes down to, you know, the information that you're taking in to change and adapt yourself to be able to put yourself into a different mindset. And when people come with the yeah, but mindset, uh, they're not ready for growth and, or the, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, you're exactly right. You can't, if that's what you believe and that's what's in your head, you really have to change your thinking before you can be able and why you want to change your thinking and why you would want to grow and then, and then seek people out to help you to do it is really one of the first important steps. So in, in our relationship, uh, I'm typically more of a, Ken comes up with these crazy, big, huge ideas. Even yesterday, he's talking about something big um, that we'd like to do as a franchise or down the road. And my knee-jerk reaction is always like, I, I go right into the realism mode of like, all right, well, to do that, you know, basically when he said, we're going to franchise this business, my immediate thing was like, we're not even close to ready. How do you identify between an excuse and, you know, what was the book we read? It was Integrators and Visionaries. And Visionaries and Integrators, Integrators can typically look like a negative Nelly, but they're more of a realist. How do you know if someone's just being real about something versus an excuse? Because for me, I feel like I can toe the line. Like sometimes I definitely can feel like I'm making an excuse and other times I'm feeling like, no, I'm just being real. Like that's a big idea that you have. And to do that would be crazy. How do you yeah. know? It's kind of like, a, you know, there's a lot of people that have dreams, right? And a dream without a plan is just a wish. We've all heard, maybe heard that saying. And that's true. Uh, visionaries have to be careful. Uh, we have to be careful how much we spew out to our organization as far as what we dream or envision our organization to become. And we really got to be focused on um, not putting too much out there. And But if we're going to put something out there, we have to come up with a plan to get there, to execute it. And there's going to be, and that's where the realistic part of it comes. And that's where it becomes an act. It actually happens. Uh, you know, but if it's not in writing, if you don't have a plan and you don't cook book it out and put budgets together and uh, realize what the organizational charting that out, what does that look like? What kind of people and talent do I need to hire for that particular thing to happen? It, it's, it's, just a dream. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why a lot of people fail uh, in getting out of that uh, and scaling up their businesses is because uh, they don't know how to plan properly and they don't know how to implement uh, the plan. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, it's really fun. Like when we get to, you know, mentor and coach people, a lot of people will say to us, um, yeah, but you know, you guys have each other, like, you know, an excuse. Um, for the reason why we've been able to grow a business is because we had each other. And uh, Ken, without you picking on me too much, how valuable of an employee was I when you hired me to help you install gutters? There was no vision for what we have. You literally, I don't even know why, give it, we, we grew up on nine acres and we had to do chores, like six hours of chores. Probably would have been two hours of chores if I helped him but it was like six hours of chores and I wasn't always the best partner. So, you know, <laughs> like, 
you know, what did you do? You know, it was started when we were young, I guess, you know, uh, I don't know who it was that taught me this or told me this. Uh, maybe it was dad. Um, but you know, I, I knew you weren't the best athlete and you were two and a half years younger than me. That's right. Awesome. You, know, you, you couldn't catch a baseball. <laughs> I, I always chose you first. I always chose him first because you were my brother. And even though you didn't rake the leaves and you'd go hide and do whatever you did when we were doing chores, uh, you know, you were my, you know, we always got along. And when we did build things when we were younger, like sandcastles and blocks and, you know, playing with our GI Joes and stuff, um, you know, there, I would want to build it bigger and to the, to the moon and you'd put all the awesome details to it and make it look really cool. And, um, so I really think that that relationship, even when we were younger is something that, um, you know, I wanted still, uh, and I wanted, I wanted that to be, uh, some, and I didn't know what it was going to, I didn't know it was going to manifest into a franchise at that point when I said, Hey, why don't you come and work for me doing gutters? Uh, I didn't know anything about business at that point, except for, you know, I knew how to work hard and in between jobs, we'd go fishing and it'd be fun. Um, and we were just, you know, two young guys just trying to make some money and, uh, and, and enjoy what we were doing. And, you know, I think that we genuinely actually just always got along and, um, we're just naturally a perfect fit when it comes to working together as a team. And I think that was, uh, you know, a big reason why I, I did that. And, and, um, I'm not the type of person that likes to work by myself either. Um, I did that all through high school and college doing landscaping on a private estate and it sucked, <laughs> you know, not having somebody there. And that, that was my first three years in business really is I was out there hustling and working hard, but I didn't really have anybody to talk to or anything in that truck. And it was, it was tough. Um, and I, I, I'm just a team player to begin with anyway. And I love building teams and uh, working uh, with people and, you know, anybody that's played fantasy football or played any video games where you can custom make your own sports team or something, and then you play somebody else and, you know, you have that competitive edge, which I have, um, you know, I, I always love that uh, part of it. And I, I guess it's manifested itself into business over the years as well. So it's been yeah, good. That's one thing you're awesome at, you know, I mean, he, I remember him scouting our, um, like probably our, basically our first million dollar salesperson. Um, that was like a true salesperson and he basically met him at a picnic. It was the boyfriend of one of my sister's friends and he's, he's like, that guy needs to sell for us. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it was about a year later and we put out an ad for a salesperson and Ken's like, what about this guy? And I'm like, who, you know, he's, you know, he recognized that. And then as soon as the company had that opening, he put that guy in place and he was awesome. You know, he was the first person. He almost hit a million dollars in his first full year. And that kind of like opened our eyes. Um, so building a team is definitely huge. And I know we're focusing on excuses. And kind of what I was talking about earlier is that I think a lot of excuses that we come up with, especially in business, it's when we compare. Um, when, I, when people are comparing where they are versus somebody else, I hear people you know, they might see a celebrity and be like, I would never want that kind of money, or I don't want a house that big, or I don't want to have a multi-million dollar business. Uh, it seems that when people are saying things like that, it's because they're comparing to maybe where they are. Maybe they'd like to have 
that multi-million dollar house, but they're kind of making that excuse of like, no, more money, more problems. You know, like they're trying to maybe um, almost, almost be, you know, try and like justify where they are without having to dream. Is, that, is there anything there you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think at some point people have a limit of what they think that they can achieve on themselves. And it's, and again, it goes back to mindset and, and, and some of these excuses that we listed off earlier of, you know, the head trash, we call it too, that we have, and we have, we have this negative self-talk and we have the positive self-talk and really what really is going to set you down the course of success or not being, uh, successful, um, is going to be how you handle that in your head, you know, because mm-hmm. we all have it. And we can't let the negative self-talk, the I can't, uh, manifest itself. We got to be able to stand up. And I always picture myself as like this bulldozer, this human bulldozer. And there's the obstacle. There's the wall in front of me, whatever it is, the I can't, whatever it is. And I just say to myself, this is baloney because I can do it. And I can. And whatever I have to do to figure out how to get over it, around it, through it, under it, I'm going to bulldoze right over this problem, uh, whatever it is. Um, it's not going to hold me back. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, we've had success is because um, not because there's anything really special about us, but the fact that we just never, uh, we just never hung on to the excuses and let them uh, dominate us. And, and, and we didn't allow the head trash to get a grip on us. Um, and, and that's it. And once you have a ceiling in your head, you're not going to pass that ceiling. And yeah. I don't, ceiling. I don't have a ceiling on income. I don't have a ceiling on how big my business can be. Um, I think sky's the limit all the time because bottom line, guys, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, I got a roof over my head. We're creating opportunity for people. I got food on the table for my children. They have a great place to live and, you know, everything's being provided for, you know, why not go out there and succeed and make the sky your, you know, the limit. And when you're doing that, you're not just making a difference in your own life personally, but you're providing opportunity and creating opportunity for all the people that are out there that are looking for a great place to work and want to be appreciated. And that's always going to come back to you in your organization as you do that and have that kind of mindset. So having abundance mentality, I think, is what I like to call it, is so important into growing and scaling up a business. even more so, I mean, you could have a plan, you could have a strategy, but if you don't have that kind of mentality, it's not going to, it's going to be a lot harder for that to come to fruition. So you think it's just basically a, a, like kind of like you psych yourself up for a wrestling match or something. You think it's, it's that simple to kind of just psych yourself up, say, I'm going to do it. You know, if you're, you know, some people are just bent towards negative, they're glass half empty. You know, how do you get out of that? You know, how do you, is it that simple? Just smack yourself in the face, say, I'm not going to be that person. Yeah, it is. And that's, that's a starting motivation uh, is doing that. Uh, But, you know, how do you make that last? And the way that you do that is about activity and taking action. You got to take action. You got to take those thoughts. You got to get it together. You got to share it with people on your team. Um, And even if you're, if you don't have a team yet, uh, you know, hiring somebody, doing something that you would, you haven't, that you would do different, that you haven't done in the past to get a different result. You know, hiring somebody that knows how to coach or consult or take you to that next level is a huge uh, thing. If you, if you don't have a coach and you're in business, then 
you're going to have a really hard time growing. It's going to take 10 times longer. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's about association too, uh, because we all need pick me ups. It's not like I'm a superhero guy. Like I have the super strength and super mind where I don't have self doubt and I don't even have maybe even bouts of even depression. Um, we all deal with these things and anxieties of life. Um, but I don't let them dominate, uh, me because the way that you solve those problems in conquering fear is by taking action. And I really think that's what it comes down to for most people is that they make excuses because they're, they're fearful of failure. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember being on the, the call with our, our coach and, uh, Ken, Ken and I still have a coach. Um, and we do coach others, but we feel it's really important to still have somebody that holds us accountable to our goals and stretches us. But I remember it was a few years ago. Um, I, I felt overwhelmed. You know, we have this team and I had a lot of stuff to do and we're having this call and I'm like, and he's, and I think Ken, you know, said something like, why don't you just delegate it? And I'm like, I'm the only one that can do these tasks. And the coach chimed in is like, Oh really? Why is that? You know, let's, let's talk about these tasks. And as I named them, if there was five, maybe one of them was definitely in my wheelhouse and I should be the only one doing that particular one, but basically called me out on it. Like I wasn't the only one. I could have easily delegated a few of those to somebody else um, who would have done a great job. But, you know, that was an excuse. And I realized like I, I can tend to do that. Um, a feel like, no, I got to do that. I got to do that. And I think, I think on any scale, um, that's not a growth mentality that definitely does keep you from growing. And I have to kind of remember, and uh, Ken, what's the saying that you say, and I hate to me. Done is better than perfect. Freaking hate that. I hate it. (laughs) I hate it. And it's true. Sometimes done is better than perfect. Um, I I would like to clarify that though. You know, you know, that saying, um, you know, I, it's not to, I'm not saying that to sacrifice quality or, uh, you know, the quality of, uh, of our products and services that we're bringing. Obviously, we want to maintain a, a, a level of excellence in everything that we do. Um, but we, we don't want to get things so perfect that, you know, 10 years have gone by and we still haven't pulled the trigger on something either. You know, people get uh, another way to say it is analysis by paralysis. You know, they, they overanalyze things so much to the point that they never do anything. Um, you know, getting something in motion and taking action and getting things done, you're going to always have to tweak it over time. It is always going to be new technology to make things better. There's going to be a new gadget or gizmo or uh, new information uh, of how to do things or bring things to the marketplace or whatever. Things are always changing. Um, so getting things done and getting them set in motion is good because along the way you can always, uh, tweak those things and make the improvements that you have to make. We're always doing that in business. Yeah. And self-improvement's huge. I know that's like what you, I mean, I don't think I've seen anybody do more work on themselves than you have. Um, you for years have continued to, there's, if you want to be better at something, you would read a book, you'd go to seminars and you would work on, on yourself and, and it's been awesome, you know, to be adapting, to be a networker now, to be more outgoing, um, 
and all of that uh, is awesome and it takes work. So one of the excuses I hear a lot um, from even like people that, whether they're a competitor, a peer, um, even, you know, some of the younger franchisees, they'll get in their mind like, well, you know, if I had a partner or if I had your field supervisor or salesperson, um, then I'd be successful. Um, and I think one of the problems when we're making excuses like that is we're seeing almost a finished product of a person. When I think of our field supervisor and who he is today versus who he was the day he started, you know, nobody would have, you know, um, wanted to build their company necessarily on him on, on his day one or even year one, but who everyone became over time. Now, when people get to come in and see the finished product of any business or their management, I don't think they realize the gap between the person that they started and the person that they became. And I think it just becomes another excuse of if I had a partner or if I had your salesperson, then I would be successful. How do we, how do we see that and, and, and not make that excuse? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's how you perceive things and what you want to, how you perceive it. You know, like a lot of guys I find in this business, they're, they're really quick to invest in like the tangible things like a gutter machine or equipment and ladders and trucks and things of that nature. And they're posting pictures of their work and all that stuff. Um, but really if we would treat, uh, the recruiting aspect of our business, the same way we treat those things, uh, mm -hmm. our business would probably grow a lot faster. Um, you know, we got to look at people as an asset and not like some object that can, that we can just have, you know, help for the day or whatever. Uh, we gotta, we gotta create a career path for them to be successful too. Uh, we have to have training. We have to have all these things that people want in a career and we have to, we have to do that. I mean, the only one really in our industry that's really doing that really well is Mike Rowe. You know, all of us really have the responsibility as business owners that we're going to have people work for us. We need to create opportunity for them. Are you, mm. are you hiring people? Are you investing in talent? Or are you the type of guy that says, ah, I'm not paying anybody that kind of money. There's no way. You know, if you have that kind of a mentality, then yeah, you're not going to get good guys to work for you. You know, that good person is working for us because we've created uh, a training program. Uh, we've recruited the right person for the job who's passionate, professional, and hungry, and loves what they do. Uh, they're confident. You know, if you have a guy that has 15 to 20 years experience hanging gutter, you know, as opposed to somebody you're starting from scratch, you know, that, per that person with experience is going to be able to take you well, at least be able to produce it a lot faster. We've certainly seen people that have lots of experience in this business that know how to do it, but don't have the personal development side of things figured out yet. And that also can affect your business pretty negatively too, because, you know, personal and business, they, 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 they overlap. Um, so, you know, who, who are we, who are we allowing and who are we tolerating in our business is really going to determine how successful and how fast we can scale. And you just touched on one of the big, biggest excuses I hear. We get to, you know, travel and do cool things. And we, you know, um, we have peers that are uh, in the painting business, landscaping, roofing. And one of the most common things or common excuses is I can't find good workers. I think there is some truth to it. We're not 
we're not finding the 10-year veterans that have been doing the plumbing, heating, gutters, landscaping. We're not always attracting that person that is a auto start. They just hop into your business and they go out and they make you money. I would say, yeah, that is a challenge. But um, what, we, what we have been doing and what we preach is to make good workers. You do get people applying. You do get people that are hungry, honable, and honorable from time to time. And we do have to sort through people, but those are the three H's that we talk about. If a person is hungry, honable, and honorable, we can teach them. And when you have that person, and that's where it really comes down to, you can find good people, but they're not all auto starters. You do need training. You do need to invest in your team and your people. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we are able to grow and why we are able to continue to scale. And I'm, I remember, like this is probably going back 15 years. Um, there was somebody in, a, in, a, in another trade and this was just when Ken and I were figuring out, we're hiring guys, we got this training program. It wasn't great yet, but we're, we're investing and we're training. And, and they basically, you know, were an owner operator with a helper. And I remember talking to them and they're like, oh, well, you guys are so young. You know, you've got, you've got the time to invest in somebody. My trade's a little bit tougher. You know, it takes like five years to train somebody. Okay. But now we're 15 years down the road and that same person still has a helper, if, if anybody. So I'm thinking like, if they just started then, they're still doing the same exact trade. If they just started then, five, eight years from now, like 10, now we're 15 years, how many people could they have trained? How, how big could they have grown their business? And like that excuse is just, you know, it's probably regrettable. They pro people probably look back and say, man, I wish I started then or it's too late now. But I heard a really good saying the other day. I was talking to a guy and, and he asked his grandfather, you know, when is the best time to plant a tree? And the guy said 20 years ago. And I look at that as everything. When's the best time to recruit? With the day you started your business. When's the best time to market? The day you start. Like, like we have to start yesterday if we want the results for tomorrow. You know, that's a big problem in our industry, a gutter specifically, is that uh, we're on a whole, uh, the, the industry has failed at training and creating a great career opportunity uh, for people. And what we have is we have a bunch of guys that are working for guys like you just described, and they hit a ceiling very quickly because there's no opportunity to grow. So what do they do? They go buy a used gutter machine, they slap it in a trailer, and now you have another person in your market that is undercutting you for cash. And that's, our, that's, that's the fault of, of, of the gutter industry for uh, not uh, holding the, the industry to a higher standard. And, mm. and, and that's something that we need to change because you're right. We won't be able to find good workers if we don't. Uh, we'll still have those guys and then they'll leave and they'll go start one. And before you know it, they're undercutting you for cash. And, and, mm. and that's, that's, that's not any way to, to, to run a business and it's very stressful and it's, there's no value in it. There's no value in the business. There's no value in what you're giving to your clients. There's no value in what you're giving to your, uh, employees. So, uh, changing that mindset in this industry is, is super huge and important. 
and and it's only going to come through education and creating opportunities for people to be able to say you know this is this is a better way and uh there is a better way that's uh that's what i'm passionate about is being able to to to, to impact the industry in a way to to show people that hey we we figured out a better way and how nice is it to not just make some money but also to have your time back too mm. and be able to enjoy your family and be able to go on a vacation. You know, some yeah. people haven't probably gone on vacation in years or taken their family somewhere because they're wearing all these hats and they can't get out of that, that, uh, you know, that, that, that wheel, um, that, yeah. that, you know, the guinea pig wheel or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, but, but the way that you do it is you stop doing what you're doing now and you say, you know what, I'm going to be committed to, uh, to doing something different going forward in 2020. That's right. So let's, let's kind of uh, close this off. I want to go back through these excuses and like, let's just stop making them. When people say I don't have time, I find that hilarious because most people I talk to will talk about the last few seasons of something they've watched on television. Hey, have you seen this season? Oh yeah, I watched that. We have time. It's just, we're not choosing to spend our time to do the things that are going to build our future that are going to, going to matter. If you don't have a training program and you say you don't have time to train, well, why don't you build it at night? You know, wake up early when your family is sleeping that nobody's going to miss you. Like if you wake up at four in the morning, it's not taking time away from your family and you build that stuff and you work harder. You know, there's very few people out there that actually don't have time. Um, I don't know how to do that. We'll go learn. There's resources everywhere. Um, there's so much information. There's podcasts, there's YouTube. I mean, YouTube university, there's books. There's so much you can do mentors, finding good workers. They're out there, but are you a good company? You know, if you can't find a good worker, then you're probably not a good company. It's as simple as that. We're always talking about how, yeah, these guys, you know, they, you know, uh, said they could do this and they were really good in the interview and I got them on the job and they're terrible. Well, maybe you did the same thing and you told them about how great of a company you are and then they come and show up to work and you're unorganized and your truck is a mess and they quit and they don't even want to try. So if you want good people, be a good company. And I'd rather just stay small. And I don't knock that. There, there are people that just love what they do and they're going to do it and they're going to stay small. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with keeping your business small. But if you're thinking, I want to stay small because I don't want the headaches, um, I'm just here to say that the bigger your company gets, the easier it gets. You know, especially when you're a good place to work and you're hiring talent, um, you know, you can grow and have something amazing. And everyone gets in the business because they want more time and money. All right. And most people get one or the other. So you go in your own business. If you have more money, you have no time. If you have more time, you have no money. So to get to the other side of that, typically you have to scale your business. Um, if you want to have both time and money. Yeah, but I don't have the money. There's people giving money away. If you've got vision and you can put together a business plan, people will give you money. And if you've got vision, people will follow you. So if you find yourself, and I do this, I catch myself all the time. If you find yourself starting a sentence or answering somebody with, yeah, but you're just, you're just about to make an excuse. 
So try and catch yourself that, yeah, but, well, that works for you, or it's different in my market, or I can't, the I can'ts and the yeah, buts, those are clear indications that you're putting a ceiling. I love what you said earlier, Ken, about, you know, we put our own ceiling of what's possible. So, you know, go out there. Hopefully you learn some nuggets today, something that you can apply to your business. And, um, and, and let's stop making excuses and let's go start making our dreams happen. Thanks for joining us and we hope you implement at least one or two nuggets from this episode that will give you the confidence to grow. Subscribe to our podcast to stay updated and grow with the bros.